on the legalization of sports gambling. The casino owners of Pennsylvania might not want sports gambling. In fact, sports gambling in PA is going to be a hard sell because of the way it's going to be taxed. I've seen two figures, either 34% or 36%, which is absolutely onerous. In Vegas, the taxation on gambling is 6.75%. When West Virginia gets sports gambling, the taxation will be 10%. But PA wants over 30%, and there's also a $10 million fee for the license. So the casino owners are reportedly saying, F that. It's going to be too hard to make a buck. We don't want it. And if they don't want it, who's going to handle it? The state should handle it directly. Keep all the money like they do with the lottery. But this is also typical of Pennsylvania. Legalized sports betting is a license to print money. But the politicians are too greedy, and that might keep it out of the state. And chase a lot of dollars down to West Virginia, where they aren't greedy. Well, except for the pirate owner. Don't forget, the illegal bookies pay 0% tax. That's another reason they're going to survive. Cold up. I hope the kid makes the team. The Penguins do signing the Finnish kid just so the fans can shout that. Recall up. Sick again brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1956. John Steigerwald joins me in about 10 minutes or so. Pirates play San Diego tonight. Austin Meadows. Is playing center field and batting seventh. What are your expectations for him? And let's say he does well. Do you keep him with the Pirates? Do you maybe bench Polanco or or lessen Polanco's playing time to try to motivate him? Because Polanco started out so hot, but he's done bupkis for the last month. And at what point, boy, do you look to trade him before everyone else realizes he's not living up to his potential. I think Austin Matthews beat him. Austin Matthews. Austin Meadows. Who was Austin Matthews? They'd have a... They'd score a lot of goals. But Austin Meadows being in the lineup, I think is very, very interesting to see how he does and where it goes from there. If you'd like to discuss, because that's all I want with Pirate fans, is a discussion. Dial 412-333-WXDX up. Here's the latest thing I keep hearing about why the Steelers' defense is still going to be good despite the glaring weakness at inside backer. They're going to be nickel or dime all the time, so they won't be using inside backers. They're going to be using mostly safeties and just one inside backer. Hey, that's terrific. By the way, who are the safeties? Because I don't think they're very good. And who's the one inside backer going to be? Bince? Okay. You cannot win a championship with that defense. It is absolutely impossible, and I don't care how great the offense is. And it is. You can't win a championship 
with that defense. 412-333-9939. Let's go to Eric in the car. Eric, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. I, I wanted to agree with you. The, if they're going to tax sports betting at, at 36%, there's no way that anyone's going to take it legally here. Uh, it, it's the same thing like in Manhattan. They, they tax cigarettes to the point that they're 18 bucks a pack. All they did was give the mafia uh, a way of printing money by, by smuggling cigarettes. Uh. Yeah, I think Henry Hill and, and Tommy D have something to do with that. Uh, Probably. But, but yeah, I, I can't believe they're going to blow this. And it's going to be such a windfall for West Virginia and for New Jersey. Because what will what, happen is if you take sports gambling and make it so no casino in Pennsylvania wants to administrate it, then West Virginia is going to have it and the people from Western PA will go there. And Atlantic City is going to have it. And the people from Philadelphia, that metropolitan area, are going to go there. In a way, I'm hoping it works out that way because I'm not going to go down to the rivers to, to bet on sports, no matter how it turns out. And uh, I love Atlantic City, and I think this could lead to a big rejuvenation of the casinos down there. Now, let me ask you a, a question. Do you think sure. the state could administrate it itself? And how would they do that? Would they Would they open their own shops or... Might the racetracks take it? What, what's the hope there? I, I think the state could. It's just I, I don't think it would be anywhere near as good or efficient as if you let the, the casinos or you know some other private party do it. The other thing is, if I if I could uh, do for just a minute, I used to work at the IRS. You were asking yesterday if the state will go after the illegal bookmakers, and the answer is if they legalize gambling, yes they will definitely go after them because the way the state looks at it, they're stealing money from the state. By, by not letting the gambling go to the legal bookies. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the thing. It's like you said, if, if you're going to charge 36% and no one can legally make money, but the illegal bookmakers aren't paying any taxes so they can, they're still going to want to be around. And the problem is, like I said, the way the state looks at it, they're stealing money because they're not giving taxes. Well, now, now, how about like, this? How about this? What if the legal bookies would charge a higher VIG? The VIG is universally 10%. In fact, some casinos in Vegas try to get more action at their sports book by only charging 5%. But what would gamblers do in Pennsylvania if the VIG was like, say, 15 or 20%? I mean, I guess it depends on, on what you want to do. I mean, if you live closer to, or close enough to West Virginia that the, the VIG would make a difference, then you're probably going to go to West Virginia or Atlantic City if you're from... Well, yeah, but what about I mean, the illegal like bookies? Won't that just drive business to the illegal bookies who are only going to charge 10%? Oh, absolutely, yeah. But that's, and, and again, that's the thing, is that's why the state will... Okay, we lost them. That was a good no, call. I'm, I'm been, here. Oh, are you there? I thought the IRS yeah, I'm, I'm cut you here. off, but now I'm going to. That was a good call, though. 412-333-9939. I can't believe that they're going to drive... Uh, sports betters to West Virginia and Atlantic City. But Pennsylvania seems poised to do that. If you're just tuning in, West Virginia is going to charge 10% on gambling revenue. That's going to be the tax. Pennsylvania is going to charge either 34 or 36%, depending on which report you believe. As a result, nobody in Pennsylvania, the casino owners certainly, they don't want to host sports betting. Pennsylvania, what a bunch of imbeciles. 
This is foolproof. They're taking something foolproof and proving it's not foolproof. Emphasis on the fool. Up next, John Steigerwald in studio, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. That's correct. It's organized chaos. Super genius. I just diddled my lips on live radio for 30 seconds, and you all listen. VX at 105.9. I'm joined now in studio by the king of old school, the 40-year broadcasting veteran, author of two books. He is John Steigerwald. Stag, uh, are you excited about the royal wedding? Uh, the prince is marrying a game show hostess. That is so perfect for 2018. No, uh, we won a war a couple hundred years ago to uh, allow us to not put up with royalty and have to look at them. So how, why are we paying any attention at all? Well, that's one of the one of the key reasons for you know the whole Declaration of Independence and that little war they had back there was so we wouldn't have to care about the the prince getting married or who he married. So uh, count me out. Well, it's very patriotic. Uh, Thank you. What's your take on sports gambling being legalized? But nobody in PA might want to book it because the tax is too big. 36%. This is a license to print money, and the state of Pennsylvania might blow it. Well, it's Pennsylvania, which royally screwed up the slot, uh, the, the uh, casinos in the first place. Remember, it was only slot machines when they first opened up. And um, I am the one, the sole reason, I was the reason that the Penguins tried to get the license for a casino. It was my idea. I gave it to them. Uh, Ken Sawyer pretty much laughed at me when I suggested it to him. The guy who liked my idea was uh, Mario Lemieux, and that's why it happened. That's why they went after it. But as I was doing research, looking into that... And ultimately, that, they didn't get the license, but they got relief via the casino that's here right. in Pittsburgh. Right, so the, I, should have like a, I should have a box there permanently. I got nothing, but that's that, another that's story. That's not going to happen. No, but um, no, when I was doing the research looking into that... Um, what I found was that the number one, and this is what I told Mario, I said, Mario, why are you begging the state for money? Just go get your own license, have a casino, and use the money to pay. For, you, you'd have uh, tons of money left over after you made the payments every year on your building. So what happens is the Penguins come, this is the state of Pennsylvania. What I found out, and this is, what, this is, and this is interesting and, good, uh, and, and, and um, important to people who are following this story, because when they when they had the casino licenses available, they they awarded them. This is Pennsylvania. They awarded them for fifty million dollars each. Okay. Now I did some research. As opposed to bidding on them. That's right. I did some research, and in in uh, somewhere in, in Illinois near Chicago, there was a a casino license became available because somebody screwed up. There was a license available. They opened it up for bids. They got three hundred and fifty million dollars for it. Pennsylvania awarded them, and they awarded, awarded them to the wrong people. They could have given it to the Penguins, which would have get, allowed the Penguins to not take a dime in tax money for their building, and it could have saved the state $300 million. So you're dealing with a state that passed up the chance to make several billion dollars when they started with the casino. Now they're get, uh, casinos. Now they're getting involved in gambling. They'll screw it up, and they'll, 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 they'll make it almost a good chance that it won't happen. That's what you should count on. How much will legalized gambling affect sports, the actual games? Well, I got to ask you this because I don't think it will at all. Well, I don't. Well, I, I got to ask you this is because uh, you're a soccer guy and you've been over there. You can go to a soccer match and make a bet there, like you can, like you're going yeah, to the concession they, they, they stand, have, right? They have uh, booths at the stadiums where you can bet. Yes. Yeah. So. That's not going to happen here, correct? Or is it only going to be casino? I think it should. What would be wrong with that? I don't, I, I'm, I think it's great, but I, I'm, what I'm saying is, if they have that, 
I can see it changing the the way people. I can see, uh, especially if you can make uh, bets at halftime. Uh, you know who's gonna who's, who's gonna uh, end up with the most well, passing I yards. Say, and, I, I think you can sense it now because I think when the Steelers are not covering in the fourth quarter at Heinz Field, the crowd gets a little tense. Yeah, not yeah. the winning and losing, not right. the actual result, but the covering of the points. Right. So I think it would have a, an effect if you could go to a Penguin game and in the middle of the second and third period place a bet. And and my suggestion, by the way, to the Penguins and and to the uh, to the state, and I had a state senator helping me with it, was to, uh, the reason I got the idea is because in Calgary, they were they were trying to get some money to make up the difference in the American and Canadian dollar so they could compete with the Canadian American teams, and they got permission from the NHL to put slot machines in the building when when and it's, slot machines are legal in Alberta. I could see that I don't know why they don't do it in Pittsburgh, but I, they should be able to. Like you should be able to go after the second period, and and it's a two-two tie or two to one, and you should be able to place a bet on who's going to win the game, based on what you see or, right or now. Or a bet on who's going to get the next goal. Like well, anything, people have yeah. those right. pools in the stands all the time. Why not? Right. You know, make it and official, a, make it a prop. A bet. baseball now, game. How many times a guy's going to adjust his batting glove? You know. Do you think that sports are incorruptible at this point? That there's so much money in them that games can't be fixed? No. Uh, I don't think there's ever too much. I think it. I think it would be hard to do just because of the logistics of it. I don't think you could fix a pro game at this point unless you got to the officials. Yeah, and even that, I think the officials would would. You know, one thing good about legalized gambling, by the way, it provides a network by which to uh, realize that there are irregular betting patterns. Oh yeah. So it's like a whistleblowing thing right. for fixes. I think college sports could be corrupted because the athletes don't get paid; they get yeah. exploited. Yeah, but but let's talk about. I don't know about pro sports. Let's talk about the athletes getting paid. We got guys in the NFL and in all sports, but it seems like it's more so in the NFL. I'm not sure about the NBA. Um, you got guys in the NFL who made eighty million dollars in their career and don't have a quarter. So you you have guys making money, but you have guys making money who don't know how to handle it. And so a guy who's made fifty million dollars. And spent forty eight of it, and he may say, "Well, you know what? I can I can get ten million right here with by fixing the game." Yeah, yeah, but you wouldn't get ten million to fix the game. You just wouldn't. Like, like if for the player to get ten million to fix it, or for that matter, the ref, the bet on that game would have right. to be so astronomical to justify you know that big a payoff, or really any big payoff that it would be again detected. How about a million a game? You could do that. Yeah, but I but I, again, I think the network. Would sniff that yeah. out. I, I mean, I, I think that, the irregular betting would reveal it. And as long as you bring that up, I don't. I don't want one penny, not one penny, of my tax dollars going to uh, ensure that the games are on the up and up. I don't. I don't. That's that's why their. Would, why would that cost any? Well, any if, money? no. If the state has to spend money investigating and and prosecuting people well, for right. fixing well, they, games, they're talking that's about their an, problem. The leagues want an integrity tax. Yeah, but that's, Vegas that's never a, paid it, and and that's coming and out of my pocket. Anybody else will? That comes out of my pocket. Will either. We're talking to John Steigerwald. He's brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Cont on a name you could trust. Uh, the Pirates are twenty six and seventeen, and have won eight out of nine. How excited should we be? <laughs> well, if you are a a big time Pirates fan, and you were expecting them to be at least the opposite of that and be ten games under five hundred or eight games under five hundred at this point. You should be excited. You know your team's better than you thought it was going to be. But um, it's May. What is it? May eighteenth. Just it's just way too early. I think I heard Tim Benz point out where they were in August or September a few years back, and they they went five and twenty five in September. It could happen in any month. 
There, there is a team. They, have a, they have guys on this team who are unproven. Um, well, I, I think their big problem is they don't have a number one pitcher or even a number two pitcher, yeah, and that has catch to catch up, up sooner that or later. Up, yeah. Um, they didn't even sell twelve thousand tickets last night, despite the team being red hot. So, however excited we should be, I guess we aren't. I'm not. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a terrible attendance figure when a team is about to win its eighth of nine, eighth of nine. And I know it's a Monday night. I know the weather was drizzly, but still, only 11,000 and change. That's awful. No, it's terrible. And and let me tell you something. Nobody in the pirate office was the least bit surprised by it. Not the least. They expected it. They know. They knew in February and March what kind of a year it was going to be at the gate. They had a – this is what we've seen up to this point is proof that they had a disastrous off-season ticket sale uh, for advanced tickets. And – um, you know, you might start to see something overcome that disastrous uh, preseason sale if they're still in a serious pennant race in August or September and one of the teams that they're fighting for the division lead with, the Cardinals, Cubs, whoever it might be, is coming to town. You might see crowds. Anybody who thinks you're going to get more, any kind of a walk-up on a, on a Thursday we, we, night. We, we've talked about the walk-up thing. It's but just you, not going to happen. Do you think if they keep winning – that eventually they'll sell more tickets in advance or however. Oh yeah. Do, do you think that's inevitable? Do you really? I, I, I no. You're t- you know, it might be twelve more tickets than they would have sold if they well, had yeah, stopped. Yeah. They're going to sell. So they're going to sell. Do you some. expect a significant increase if they keep winning? Well, here's the thing. I don't know what their their preseason sales were, and so I I think they will. See, they see, had to be because my point is, I think they've badly fractured a trust with no the fans question. by the way they let the team fall apart since the. 98-win season in 2015, and I think it's going to take more than a good couple months or maybe even more than a good half a season to rebuild that trust to the point where it matters in terms of revenue. Oh, no question. And here's the other thing, Mark. If you're a, if you're a ticket-buying person and you see that they drew 11000 on a Thursday night after they won 8 or 9 and moved into first place, what incentive do you have to buy a ticket in advance for when the Cardinals come to town? You wait and see. Uh, you don't have to buy a ticket well, now. Right, and if you wait and see, you'll find a reason to not go on the night. Yeah, yeah. That's the way it almost always or works Or it's out. raining, It's or you know the weather's ugly, or the Pirates are, have lost 12 of their last uh, 14, and the Cardinals are in town, and, and they're coming in Friday night, and Wednesday you say, well, I was going to go to the game. I'm not now. You can't do that when you have good preseason sales. Well, how do you fix it? Be- because if you can't fix it by winning, and I think winning would – you know, slap a Band-Aid on a head wound, you know, a gunshot You mean wound. like fix it for this year? Fix it, period. Yeah. Well, you gotta, How do you repair the trust? You don't. Uh, they, 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 they have been a source. This is, this is what people don't want to uh, unless you're Unless you're a blindly loyal right. nincompoop, it right. is incredibly <laughs> frustrating to be a Pirates fan. Right. They, At best, it's frustrating. They have been a source of misery for people, for sports fans, for thirty of the last thirty-nine years, they have they have I think they have ten winning seasons since since nineteen seventy-nine. Three of them came in a row. They haven't won. They've won. They haven't won a playoff series in thirty-nine years. They haven't won. They actually haven't won one. They've only won two in the last forty-eight years. This is a source of misery, and people, it's it's the Pirates. You know, you and I are old enough to remember when the Pirates were really good. I think you remember the seventies. I remember the '70s. I remember the '60s, and and uh, when the Pirates were the Steelers were something to do in between Pirate seasons, uh, and, and it was a baseball town. You, it was expected that the Pirates were not only going to be good, but they were going to have a lot of good, exciting players. And 
And well, that, yeah, but those but, are, but, the but, old people still think that people may think that's going to happen. But people who are forty years old, they weren't around in nineteen seventy. But the finances prohibit that, and, and I will give give that to the Pirates. I mean, they're a smaller market team. They, they, their payroll could be a lot, you know, larger than it is, but it couldn't be large to to you know maintain the teams like they had, for example, in their run in the seventies when they were very good, right. or the team they had in the early nineties. But they don't keep anybody. They don't no. add anybody. They don't maintain the window when they had a chance. And, and again, that's the big thing, Stag. <clears throat> All they had to do after 2015 was invest logically and reasonably. And they could have had a better team for a couple more years, and they would have maintained the fans' trust. Even if they would have invested and it wouldn't have gone like they hoped, they would have maintained the fans' trust. That's why I think this attendance problem is going to be really super hard to fix ever, and I don't know how nothing's going to react to that. I've been suggesting that the only fix was what you're seeing right now was an attendance problem for 50, 20 years, you know, even before PNC Park. When when they opened PNC Park, I said it was the worst thing that could have happened to Pirates fans because it gave the Pirates something to sell other than their putrid baseball team. They could sell a nice ballpark with nice food and a nice view. That's still the case. And, you know, they, they caught lightning in a bottle and, and had three good years. They've had oh. 23 losing seasons in the last 25 years, well, 22. I like, I like when people say Come they've on. had three winning seasons in the last five. It's 25. Well, they've lost the last two years, yeah. too. They've had losing yeah. seasons when they should have won. But, but uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying about the ballpark. They don't have to sell baseball, but maybe that's all come to a head, too. No, there's no question. It's it, it, when Look, people waited a long time for a nice ballpark, and 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 – I'm old, and I re- I know that there are people out there that were my age who are still taking their grandkids to pirate games because they their grandfather took them, their father took them, and they think that's what you do. You take the little kids to the pirate game with you, and you know, and and you have that bonding and whatever comes with taking your kid to a ball game. And my dad used to say, "Shut up and watch the game," but that's a different story. But but if you you know that doesn't exist anymore. The kids who have been going to the games for fireworks and food and the view and pierogi races, they aren't going to take their kids to the game 20 years from now. It's over with. Well, unless, I, I, unless they well, get I don't a salary know if we can game. predict what happens you know, 20 years from now, but, but they just – the one thing you're selling in sports, the commodity you're really peddling is hope. Yeah. And they've, they've compromised their right to sell hope by mismanaging the hope when they were legitimately able to, to sell it. And, what were again, they selling for this year? Seriously. I mean, what, what like if you were the marketing I, guy. I don't what's... know. They, well, they do great marketing up until now. Yeah. And even now, I think they're doing a good job. They just, like I said, they fractured the trust with the fans. Yeah, and, and I don't know what. I like when people say there's a boycott. There there's no boycott. There's no hashtags. There's no campaign. Nothing. There's none of that crap. This is one thing about this decline in attendance. It is very organic. It's the market. People don't like it anymore, and they're not, they aren't buying into the, uh, and again, I, I still think that people like me and older than I am are dying off, and they're the ones who grew up like I did watching pirate baseball and think you're almost obligated to go to three or four games a year and bring your kids with you. They don't, they're, they're dying off, and they're not going to be reproduced, and I, I will predict it in 20 years. These kids who were, were eight years old 15 years ago are not going to be taking their kids to pirate games. Because they're not going to be fans. They're going to they're going to be fireworks fans. They're not going to be like you and I were, you know, going out to see Clemente play. Well, it's yeah, not, but, but I'm going to play devil's advocate. Actually, I think you're more likely to keep the kind of fan you they'll, they'll, describe. They'll still, yeah, they'll be around. But the people who want to see actual winning or uh, not winning, but again, hope. 
Those but, people, they're, they're just not, they're, they're, they've killed that commodity. I don't think you can survive on those people. And the people who are left who go out for the fireworks, you know, they're not going to be enough of them. Well, no, and they won't go often enough. No. That's John Steigerwald. I'm Mark Madden. You're listening to 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. I'm one of a kind on the radio. Thank you for being the best damn radio host in Pittsburgh. It's a family affair. The X at 105.9. I'm always looking for a, a new twist on an old favorite. Somebody told me, is there, there's a place downtown, I've not been to it yet, called Eddie Merlot. Somebody told me they have prime rib meatloaf. Is that true? Somebody tweet me if Eddie Merlot has prime rib meatloaf, or if any place has something like that. I'm a big meatloaf fan. I got to thinking about it because somebody asked me if I ever made meatloaf. That was a specialty of, of my mother. Meatloaf and stuff that involved throwing a lot of crap into a big dish of rice. But meatloaf, uh, potato pancakes, no, that was my grandmother. Eddie Merlot, prime rib meatloaf. And no, I never scream, Ma, meatloaf! Here's the kind of stuff I get on Twitter. And by the way, it's six weeks today. I stopped responding to people on Twitter I don't know. Some dork tweets, two old dinosaurs like you and John Steigwell complaining about how to run the Pirates, a first-place team, by the way. Yeah, first place today. I think they'll be in first place in a month. How about on Labor Day? How about after 162 games? Because if they are, and I'm certainly not discounting that possibility, but if they are, That'll be their first division title since 1992. So I wouldn't say the odds are stacked in in them holding on in the favor of that. You know, like like okay, they're they're in first place on May 18th, and I'm supposed to say, well, what a well-run baseball club after having losing seasons in 22 of the past 25, and in each of the last two. I know young people out there want to adopt something as their own. And the Penguins have been great since Lemieux came to town, so you can't be first on that bandwagon. And the Steelers have been Pittsburgh's team since the early 70s, so you can't jump on that bandwagon. So young people are gravitating to the Pirates. A lot of gravitating to the Penguins as well. And the Steelers audience, well, it could all drop dead at once. They're so old. But... Young people are letting the Pirates make them stupid. If you think this is a baseball team managed with your satisfaction in mind, managed with winning in mind, managed with holding on to this first place lead and extending it in mind, what the frig has been proven in the past how many years that would give you any remote indication that's the case? Where is the evidence of that? I know I'm old, get off my lawn, blah, blah, blah. Let's wait and see how it ends up. It's going to end up like it always ends up with them not being in the playoffs. And you know what? Here's something I put on Twitter earlier today that I want all you rubes, all you suckers, all you mickety marks who think the Pirates are getting it right, I want you all to consider this. 
more people agree with me about the Pirates than disagree with me. You know how I know? All those empty seats at the ballpark. And I bet, I'm going to talk about this at 5 o'clock, I bet a lot of you suckers who get on Twitter and beat the drum for Bob Nutting and beat the drum for Pirate Management and beat the drum for all the moves they've made and beat something else while you're at it because you're lonely. Hey, I've been there. I bet you barely go. I bet you're so busy being a bucko fan on Twitter, you forget to be a bucko fan at PNC Park. I'm going on the 30th. My tickets for that night will probably cost more than 90% of you spend on pirate baseball in an entire year. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Going to talk to Bob McLaughlin just around the corner. I want to get some hockey talk going as well. One thing about these two conference finals, boy, they're close and they are entertaining. That game last night between Washington and Tampa, that was a classic goalie steals the result type of game. Caps outshot Tampa 2-1, to one, but Vlasilevsky came up huge. And once again, the backhand being decisive. We were talking yesterday about so at Vegas scoring three goals in three games on the backhand. Three three straight games he scored on the backhand. And then last night, the puck comes to Kalorn in front in a tie game. A lot of guys would just would have shoveled around the net with the forehand. He was calm. He went to his backhand, and he slid it through the five hole. The backhand. How about after the game? Pierre Maguire is interviewing Alex Kalorn. And I, I love Pierre. Everybody knows that. He tries really hard on those interviews. And I've always thought that Pierre's goal is to get the guy to refer to Pierre by name when he wishes him luck in the next game at the end of the interview. Like, great job. We'll see you Saturday night. Good luck. If the guy says, thanks, Pierre, as opposed to just, thanks, Pierre's done his job. He's personalized the interview. But last night, he's interviewed Alex Kalorn, and he called him a scoring machine. Kalorn has five goals in 14 playoff games this year. That's not bad. In the regular season, he had 15 goals in 82 games, so not exactly a scoring machine. But he was last night when it counted, and it got Tampa Bay the result. Let's go to Grant and Wexford. Grant, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. Uh, great interview with uh, the king of old school there. Right. Um, hey, uh, the issue I have with the Pirate games is when you go there, the the high-fiving, the rejoicing after every single routine play, and when they score a run, they're high-fiving who, the fans each other. or the players? Yeah, no, the players. They're rejoicing, and they can be down... Ten runs, and they're high-fiving. Yeah, I, I've hey. not noticed that, and that's nitpicky. Thank you for the call. Uh, they, they do dance in the dugout a bit too much for me, but um, let them have fun. They're allowed to have fun. Why can't they have fun? Let's go to Mark in Illinois. Mark, you're talking to Double M. What's up, Mark? What up? I think the only reason they're doing so good is just 
because they're motivated. They want to go and get the heck out of the city of Pittsburgh in the uh, the team. Ooh, the franchise or the players? The players. No, I, I think they want to succeed for the sake of succeeding. Any yeah, professional they athlete that has that, that is good enough to get to this level has pride. And, you know, a lot of these guys are locked in through their arbitration years, whatever. Look at Garrett Cole. No matter how bad he wanted out, it took him a long time to get out, didn't it? So I don't think that's it, that, that's it at all. I actually think they're a pretty good baseball team right now. Save the top of their rotation and save their bullpen. And, of course, those are two pretty big flaws to have, and they will catch up. Let's go to Mike and Mars. Mike, very quickly, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, I just wanted to tell you, I was at my local garage yesterday, and two guys walked in, they were selling these packages for the Pirates. They were from the Pirate organization. I swear, it's really crazy. They were, like, selling discounted tickets, and then I hold this whole package for 50 bucks. Okay. Like, What's your point? To... My point is, is that they're pretty desperate to be doing that, going door to door. No, uh, no, it, it, it's not desperate at all. That When you sell discounted tickets, that's a loss leader. You get them into the building, you make money on concessions. If you entertain them, you uh, get them back in. It's basically the same thing as the Penguins doing student rush. You know, selling discounted tickets to students on game day. That's just smart marketing, but thank you for the call. Up next, talk to Bob McLaughlin, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M, what's up, brother? Hey, Double M. Well, I love Sally Wiggum, but not as much as soccer. I think it's the best thing I've almost ever heard. VX at 105.9. I've spoken a couple times about a Penguins prospect named Lucas Bankston, uh, who I thought they kind of liked. Apparently not, because he just signed a three-year deal to play in the Swedish League. So, cross him off then. Also tonight is Star Wars and fireworks at the Pirate Game. If that don't try, don't know what will. We're joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Uh, Bob, Star Wars and fireworks, that's got to pack the place, right? Look at the parkway. Parkway is a mess, has been a mess for the last couple of hours. People are streaming in, Mark. You really think it's all for the Pirate Game? I think a lot of it is. I think it's part of go to Eddie Marlow for this uh, prime rib meatloaf. <laughs> I've, I will tell you this. When if you indeed say- <laughs> it even exists. I, I went to their, their website. It's not on their menu. Maybe it's a special. I have never heard of prime rib meatloaf in my life, but now that you've mentioned it, if you find some, you got to bring some in, or we got to have them bring some up because i got to try it. I don't want to try it. i got to try it. Um. What's your take on Austin Meadows? Uh, is he just here to play center field while Marte's out, or is this the beginning of his major league career? I think I'll take Curtin one. You know, um, I think so. Just in reading some of the articles today about his major league debut, and he's it, not done great in AAA this year, or for that matter, ever. Like he looks to me to be the kind of guy who they remain invested in because of what's already been invested. Uh, he's a first round pick, and he has a lot of promise. But he hasn't done a whole lot in his professional baseball career. Yeah, it's unfortunate that he's making his debut now instead of two seasons ago. Um, you know, everything I read on this guy, it's like, hey, he's making his career start tonight for the major leagues. Um, why didn't this happen before? The luster has worn off. You know, he's not as, you know, people aren't as ready for him now because of he hasn't done anything. He's been okay. But again, the question was whether he stays up or he's just a quick replacement for Marte. I think he's a quick replacement for Marte. Now, if he does okay tonight, 
Um, they're going to need him for a couple of games, obviously, because of Marte being on the 10-day um, injury uh, list. But I think even if he does well the next couple of games, first chance they have to send him down, I think that that's the way it happens because, again... So you don't think he could push Polanco for playing time if he comes up and does well for a week or whatever? I think he could, but I don't think they will play it that way. I think Pirates management is set in their ways. I think that they like the way they're rolling right now. Much of the argument that you've been talking about the last couple of days with Harrison, you know... They've been able to do this without Harrison. Oh, no, Tim and I were talking about that. That'll be the excuse for trading Harrison. Well, we've done pretty well without him. we got this guy, Moran. We've got, you know, Frazier. You know, we got Gunn coming back. Uh, that could be their excuse. Yeah, it's working well right now. Why mess things up? Not that they haven't done that in the past, but <laughs> why do it right now? Uh, Bob, uh, I'm shocked that Pennsylvania is going to blow it with legalized sports gambling by trying to charge a 34 34- or whatever it is, 36% tax on sports gambling revenue. That's insane. West Virginia is only going to charge 10. Las Vegas doesn't even charge 7. How could Pennsylvania be so stupid? The casinos want no part of it the way this is. Because it's Pennsylvania and because they want to do it their way and they don't look around at what works in other states. They've screwed up so many different things. You and John Steigerwald talked about it earlier in this hour where the Penguins could have been printing money and not taking a cent of public money if they just would have done the first proposal about giving them the license and letting them have their way. That would have worked fine. It's the same with rolling out the six-packs and the 12-packs into the convenience stores and gas stations. Look how long that took to happen. And they're still kind of finding ways to screw that up. Pennsylvania, for some reason, you know, I talked about this the other day real quick, Mark. Pennsylvania is the only Pennsylvania is the only state in the next couple of years that we're going to need a separate form of ID just to get on a flight because we couldn't figure out how to do it like all the other states are doing that real ID. Our driver's license is going to be the only state that doesn't work that way. So when it comes to gambling and with all the money involved, it's going to be so political. People are going to want their people in place. It's going to be handed out on who you know, who you don't know, not to who can do it the best, and you're well, not, right. not to who bids the highest either. Stag, I mean, that was unbelievably shocking. And I, I probably knew it, but to remember it, that, that they just sold the, the casino licenses for a fixed price instead of having bidding. Because they could do it. They could sell it to their political tie-ins. They're, you know, obviously... I know the most about how this state works living here, but in every story that you read when it comes to Pennsylvania and the way that they do things, it's screwed up. It's so political. It is such an old boys network. They have to fix this because 34, 35, 36%, it's not going to work that way. It can't financially work that way. That's Bob McLaughlin. He's brought you by 84 Lumber. In 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you who's really at fault. For low attendance at PNC Park, it's all of you. 105.9 The X.